Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we are finishing manhood with the spiritual man continued. Hey, we're back. What's up, man? We're here. What's up, Brian? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I am. uh, It's very hot outside. And so I'm trying to stay cool. It is very hot. Yes, we're in a heat wave right now. <laughs> yes, seriously. And uh, I thought I thought the fall was coming personally, and it tricked we, me. We had had some cool weather, and then it turned really hot. So, yep. oh well. But it's all good. I but guess. But we're here. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be um, finishing our manhood series. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we've been in this series for a long time, just because we had a break over the summer. Right. And so I wanted to get it done. You know, before summer or, yeah. or during summer, but yeah. obviously that didn't work out. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's still technically summer, I guess. I mean, school starting back and, well, it, and actually, we're coming. Yeah, summer doesn't summer, actually. Right. Kids fall, don't get all of summer anymore. Fall doesn't actually come to like September 20th or 21st. Right. They're mowing the grass. They're again. mowing the grass right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to have to pick a different time to do this. <clears throat> anyway, let's just move on here. Yes. And uh, we'll continue on, even though you might hear the mowing sounds yes. in the background. It is still summertime. <laughs> People are still mowing grass. It is still summer. So, anyways, yes. we're finishing manhood. And then we've got some pretty exciting things yes. coming up. So, we're going to try to vary our episodes a little bit differently. Instead of doing these really long, in-depth series, we'll still have in-depth that, episodes. Yeah. And we'll still have some of that. But... We're going to mix up the genres a little bit because we um, want to make well, it a little bit we, more. We like a lot of different types of podcasts. Right. And we're still, this is still going to be focused on families and, you know, equipping parents and all that stuff. But we just like the different types of genres and we're going to try some of that out and we hope that you guys like it too. Yeah. So definitely let us know as you're listening and, you know, let us know what you think about what's happening. So. Um, but but as kick, we kick us off on this yeah, final session. So here. we were talking about uh, the spiritual man and a lot of what it takes uh, in our own personal lives. So the kind of personal aspect of that. And um, one of the things about this that we didn't really get to yet was the idea of spiritual warfare. Right. And so um, we said spiritual warfare is a huge aspect and it, it is personal, but it's also more than that, it, it does affect other people. Yeah, um, and this is something that all Christians need to take seriously. But you know, especially as we we're talking to men, right? Uh, this is something that a lot of us, a lot of men, we're very practical in nature, mm-hmm. and we can ignore the spiritual very easily. And if we do that, we do it to our own detriment, right? Because there is a spiritual world. Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter six that there is a a spiritual world, and and really who we're battling in life uh, is it's a spiritual battle. Yeah, this isn't this conversation about spirituality and living this way isn't a conversation about like what's healthier for you, running or cycling. It's about like how do you survive in the war, you know? It's it's a much more intense conversation and I think a lot of guys, a lot of people in general, but I know guys, we are tempted to just think it's not that big of a deal. But Paul tells us, the Bible tells us that it's a very big deal because it's warfare. Yeah, the devil is active. The Bible describes him as a lion who is prowling around looking for people to devour. So there's an active, the, the idea is it's an active um, attack. Attack. Yeah, yeah. That, that's looking it's for coming someone. at you. So you, here's the thing, guys, you will be tempted. Right. You will be uh be tempted to sin, mm-hmm. to to turn away from God, 
that temptation will be ever present. Right. And so the way to combat that is through spiritual warfare. That's right. And so uh, we've got to be ready for this or else we will fall. And we're not just going to fall ourselves, but when we're tempted to do these things, it's going to affect our wives, it's going to affect our uh, church members, it's going to affect our children, because you're not just going to be mad and that affects you only. You're going to be angry and take it out on your kids. You're going to be angry and take it out on your wife. You're going to be angry and get in trouble at work. So, like, Satan's trying to ruin your life. It's important that we engage in this battle. So, how do we do that? What are what are the elements that we need to engage in this battle? Yeah, Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, and these are not so much things that I see us like, you know, it's okay if you want to mentally like daily think I'm putting on the armor of God. That's fine. Right. But these are things that we are equipped with as believers. As we grow in our faith and in our sanctification, these are things that should become more and more uh, clear in our lives. Yeah, it's like an analogy for your life, really. And it's just, he's just trying to paint a clear picture right. by using these uh, things. And it makes so much sense. I, I don't know, most guys, maybe not every guy, but it just makes so much sense when you think through these elements. Um, so, what are some of these elements? The first one is uh, we see the belt of truth. Uh, that Paul gives us, a belt of truth. And so we hear automatically it represents the the idea of truth, this mm-hmm. objective. That's why Christians are so constantly talking about objective truth, objective reality, because it that's what holds everything together. Yeah, yeah. The Roman this this is Paul looking at the outfit of maybe a Roman soldier right. or a warrior. And uh, the belt, you know, m- many of their clothes were loose fitting and the mm-hmm. belt would hold everything together. Yeah. And so you needed the belt to, to keep everything together and in place. It's the same thing for the Christian. If we don't stand on truth, then we have nothing. That's right. Yeah, because we lose all these other things when we don't have the truth. It's all anything can change, right? Um, but that's not how reality is. And so we also see the next one is this breastplate of righteousness. What yeah. do you think about that? And this this comes from the gospel. We are we are perceived as righteous. We are made just through the sacrifice of Jesus in the gospel. And so, in thinking about that, the breastplate covers your vital organs. Yeah, you know, I mean, of course, not your head, but right. you know. It's going to cover your heart and your lungs and all of the things that you need to protect. And so as we think about the gospel, uh, the righteousness of Christ is imparted and it protects yes. our very soul. Yes. And so we are covered. We are protected from any attack. Uh, we are eternally protected. Right. He creates a new heart in us and then guards it with his right. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's the next one? Brian? Yeah. Then we have the sandals that are the gospel of peace. That uh, that's good. I, I love thinking about this because I told the students one time. Have you ever you know had to you, the, you like your dog gets out of the house and it just takes off and you're barefoot. You know what I mean? Like, and you're barefoot and you're like, oh my goodness, and you got to chase the dog. It's terrible. And so you want to have, you want to have these shoes on. He's basically saying, be ready to share the gospel. Yeah. I, I think that's what he's getting Yeah, at. be ready to go. We're standing on a foundation of the gospel yeah. and the gospel is taking us where we need to go right. and, and in God's direction. You never know when you're going to need to share it. Right. So be ready. And then, and then we have the shield of faith. Yes. Right. So the shield of faith is is, um, you know, what protects us. Right. And I like to think about this in the sense of the more faith we have, the bigger shield that we have, you know, that's good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, uh, 
you know, I think our faith is something that protects us from temptation and from the lies of the world and, and all of these things. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the more, I think you said it perfectly, the more faith we have, the bigger a shield we have. It doesn't mean that we don't think through things. You know, I think that's a big thing Christians deal with. But but we trust in the Lord. We go back to the Lord and ask him to increase our faith. Right. And with that is uh, the helmet of salvation. And this is this is an interesting one. And it, it all, it, it really just ties back to the gospel. Our salvation is the thing that protect. I mean, you know, in warfare, you can take a lot of blows to a lot of different places in your body and, and, and make it. But your head, you know, you, you can't take that much to your head. Um, you've got to have that helmet on. Right. And the Roman helmet was unique. When they walked around with these helmets that they would have, and, you know, you see like um, a centurion that may have these bristles on their yeah. on their head or these different warriors, um, it, you knew it was a Roman soldier. Mm-hmm. And so a Christian uh, having the helmet of salvation, should it should be something that marks us. Having the salvation, the gospel of Jesus it should yeah. make us look different. Yes. We should appear different. That's we good. should think different. Yeah. We should act That's different. That's good because every helmet, you can even look at like World War II and you can identify who... who the Germans what, and, yes, the, and the... Based on their allies, helmet. Right. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. And then and then here here we get... So those, those are all defensive weapons. Yes. Now we have two offensive weapons. One uh, is there's an analogy for the other one. There's not. Paul ran out of analogies at this mm. point, but mm-hmm. <laughs> he um, he used the word that is the sword, mm-hmm. and so he's talking about the word of God being our sword. Yeah. Why do you think he chose that that analogy to for the word of God? Well, I think that is that is the weapon that we wield, you know, and uh, and the Bible is called many times like a two edged sword and. Do, Two-edged swords are the most lethal, you know? Those are the ones you can go back and forth. I've, I like swords. And uh, <laughs> and so I've, I've learned a little bit about this. And, and they are, they are you just can use them in any direction, both right. negatively and positively, to call people out and to encourage people. And, and so the, the Word of God is what we need in our lives, but it's what the world needs too. Yeah. So we've got to bring that to bear. And the other weapon is is prayer. Yeah, prayer is listed here. Uh, he, it's not a part of the uniform, but it is something that is our uh, our other offensive weapon. So we yeah. have the Word of God and we have prayer are the two main offensive weapons that, yeah. that we have to... to make to affect change in the spiritual battle. So this is why we're constantly like, guys, read your Bible, guys, pray. And it's like, oh, you know, most, I don't know why, but I just feel like I know for myself, even personally, like praying and reading the Bible just doesn't sound that awesome. You know what I mean? But the Bible tells us clearly, like, these are our well, office and offensive weapons. You right. Know? Well, it, it becomes awesome. The the thing that I right. tell people. No, no, no. Don't hear me wrongly. Yeah. The thing that I tell people is um, you get into doing it and it will have to be one of the, it's like, it's like a habit. Yes. You know, anything that you want to take as a habit uh, in your life, say, I want to get in the habit of making my bed every right. day for your children, whatever. Right. right. It's a chore. But as you get to do it and it's part of your routine. You feel it, weird when it doesn't happen. Right, exactly. Yes, absolutely. And so if, if the word of God and prayer, your prayer life becomes a habit in your life, then it will be something that you thrive well, on. And that's what these swords, swordsmen and swordsmiths say is when you practice with your sword, it, it really does become like an extension of your body. It becomes a much longer, sharp arm. And that's what the word of God and prayer needs to be in our lives. But one thing I want to say about the armor that's interesting, uh, somebody brought to my attention, is that there isn't armor for your back. 
Hmm. He doesn't. He does not give us armor for our back, and I just think it's interesting. I I don't think that being a Christian allows for us to turn around and and not engage the enemy. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that we do it in our own power by any means. It means we run to the Lord, but mm-hmm. but we don't we don't run away from the enemy. Hmm. We engage, and I think guys, when we don't engage, when we are passive. That is when we are failing to live out some of the spiritual manhood. Right. Um, right. Is when we're just passive, and that's hard. I mean, good night. I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. It's hard. Yeah. Um, you know, we think we think about all these things that we've talked about last episode and this episode. We've talked about the gospel, the transformation in our lives, and how it plays out in different areas, and how there's a spiritual battle. Mm. Now, you know, we need to talk about some practical things. Yes. And what does our faith begin to look like as it's lived out in the public. And one of the things that is so important is how we go about being a a, a churchman mm-hmm. or how we would say someone who is active in the church. Right. You know, just like we said uh, last time, and you corrected me in the sense that there are many women that are very valuable in yes. the church. Yeah, I, sure, yeah. um, uh, I did not mean to leave that out. I work with uh, many women in ministry uh, and they are vital to what we do. Yeah. My comment was just more in a general Christian sense, not necessarily our church, but church in general. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see, and this is a historical thing too. Yeah. Uh, you see men, especially the last you know hundred years or so, not take seriously the call to step up and be the leaders yeah. in their home, but also in the church. Yeah. And so we have a shortfall of good teachers. Uh, we have a shortfall of elders and deacons. You know, Paul Paul laments this fact even in even in the Bible. He says there are many of you that should be teaching, yeah. but yet you refuse to grow in your faith. So when you should be eating meat, you're still yeah. drinking the milk as a baby of the spiritual faith. Yeah, I think today and maybe throughout history, there's just been this temptation to think that you're either, and hear me rightly, you're either like you know, just kind of like basic Christian, maybe even just like kind of just barely making it along, or you're a pastor. Right. You know, as a guy, it's like you're either this kind of like basic Christian or you're, you know, a pastor. There's no in-between. And that's just not the biblical picture. Uh, what we see is really um, men who aren't pastors right. being being godly churchmen who take leadership roles that aren't necessarily elder roles right. in the church and we need we need the church needs that the right. church all over the world needs that so let's talk about the basic expectations so this is the basic okay yes. yeah. this is this is bottom hard. line <laughs> right bottom line and this is hard for for many people we find this biblically in uh, verses like Acts uh, 242 and yeah. other places like that but you know this is something that Oak Hill has adopted we have uh, our disciples path Mm-hmm. And it's behold, belong, become, and go beyond. Yeah. And this is very similar. Uh, many churches have a motto or a And we've done slogan. something other than this, but it had the same principles right, in this. Right. We were always trying to get these principles. So, so behold is together, together in corporate worship. Yeah. You know, that we are worshiping together. We would hope that a Christian, especially men, would lead their families to worship. Yep. You know, one of the things that our pastor says, and, and I agree with, is our children never wake up on Sunday and wonder if we're going to be at church. Right. It's like, if, if we're not sick or we're not on vacation or, 
or, you know, I, I work at the church, but if I understand there are people that have to work sometimes mm-hmm. on Sundays, um, if you regularly work on Sunday, I would try to change my schedule so right. I didn't have to work on Sundays. But that's another point. Yeah, that's another. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're not if you're not on vacation, you're not sick, you don't have to work. You should be at church. Yeah. Every Sunday. Yeah. Every Sunday. Shouldn't yeah. be. Oh, it's a pretty day outside. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. And that's you know. not us saying that. That's that's you know the Hebrews like do not neglect the right. gathering of yourselves right. together. The expectation is we need that time to gather together so we hear God's word preached. Yeah. We're gathered together singing. Christian songs that encourage our heart, that bring that bring glory to God. Yeah. These are not things that we do out of out of duty. These are things that we do because we want to praise God. We want yep. to worship and we want to learn and grow. And it begins at church. That's right. And so we do that. We we call that behold at our church. Um, and then we also have this thing called belong. We want to belong together in smaller groups because you know, if you go to a small church, it, it's a lot easier to belong because everybody knows everybody. And I've been a part of several small churches. Love that. And one of the things about bigger churches that's hard is if you don't have places to belong, well, then you really are missing out on what it means to be a, a churchman, a, a member of the body. Right. And so you need to have a group of people that you share your life with and who know what's going on in your life, who know your battles, who yeah. know um, what your family is going through and, and who can encourage one another. This is a way we care for each other and help each other and yeah. really live out that Acts 2 passage mm-hmm. is through these. We have life groups. Right. Our church. We call them life groups. Yeah. And so we pray together. We learn God's word together. We do those types of things. So then we become, and this one is taking the next step for us to become a disciple maker. Yeah. This is a basic expectation, guys. We should all be seeking to disciple, right? To make disciples. Yeah. Jesus says, go make disciples this and is teach not, them to do all that often, I've commanded you. Often this is seen as like the next echelon of Christianity, but Every Christian needs to learn right. what it means to make disciples. It's like people think if you're if you're a pastor or a missionary or something like that, then you make disciples. But but otherwise, I'm just here at church. No. And it's like nope, that's not Our, that's not what the Bible tells. I us. I would challenge people, and I've said this before: pray and say, God, once a year, I want to disciple one person. Yeah. And listen, it doesn't have. It could be somebody that comes to faith in Christ brand new, right? Or it could be somebody that's been a Christian for a while, but they've never been discipled. They're not growing in their faith. Yeah. And listen, you may say, well, I, I don't, I'm not ready. I don't yeah. know what to do. But if you just start down that path, you will grow in yeah. your faith. You grow too. Like it's iron sharpening iron. Right. It's not, it's, it's not a one way only sort of thing, right. even though a lot of times there is more, you know, there can be like, you might be teaching them more. Right. Yes. Yes. That's true. But you're going to grow too. Right. So we need to become disciples yes. and then make disciples. That's Absolutely. what that become is all about. And the last one, we got to go beyond. So we <clears throat> give to our church, right? We, we give our tithes and offerings for the purpose of doing ministry. We want to make sure that we are doing that out of uh, the abundance, but also sacrificially. But we do this so that with the mindset of living missionally. Right. So the thing is, is if you giving money to the church is, is good, but we need to think about like how we're living out in our neighborhoods too. We can't just put money in the basket and then think, my job's done. Right. This is about sharing the gospel, being the gospel, yes. serving in our community, exactly. in our church. It's about audibly sharing the gospel right. and or or assisting in ministries 
in ways that get the gospel out. Absolutely. And so it's going beyond ourselves. You know, oftentimes we've experienced this where we take people on mission trips and yes. it's like a switch is flipped. Yep. And it's like they get now what it means to be sold out for Jesus. Yep. You know, that I see that in their lives and in the, and I'm like that's what I want for every Christian. Yeah. is to experience what it means to go beyond their basic faith to the to to the next level and understand right. well, it's really what it means just, to live sold out for Jesus. It's going beyond yourself, you know? That's what it is. It's going beyond yourself and taking it to the nations, right. uh, starting with your neighbor, you know? Right. And that's that's it's as simple as that. And it can be as complicated as you want it to be, but right. you just it's just that simple all right. the way all the way across. So so those are some of the basic expectations and your church may have a different way to put it, but that's where we're at. You know, I've also read this book by Tom Rayner called I Am a Church Member. And yeah. I want to go through these really quickly yes. because I think these are really great covenants that you should make with with your church, whether whether mm, out yeah. loud or just in your spirit. Yeah, you yeah, want to make is these your things. Commitment. Yeah, exactly. But the first one is I will become a functioning member. Yeah. This mm. is not someone that just sits and soaks the sponge mentality, but somebody who who engages in mm-hmm. church, be a functioning member. Yep, you're there and you're a part. Uh, the next is I'm going to be a unifying member. Mm-hmm. That means you're you're there to be a team player, essentially. You're there to bring people together. You're there to be a part of the goal of the church, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much we could say here, yeah. but, but we'll just leave it at that, that pray about being a unifying member in your church. Yes. Um, I will not let my church, this is number three, I will not let my church be about my preferences or desires. Mm. You know, there there are, obviously everybody has their own preferences. You might say, well, I would rather worship be a little bit more like this, yeah. or rather my, the preaching be a little more like this, or I wish they had a different a hand soap in the bathroom. Right. Yeah, I wish the coffee flavor was different. Yeah. Let's not make church about that. Let's make it about bringing glory and honor to God. Yep. Let's make it about what is God desiring yeah. Is the church, is the preaching and the worship and everything, is that, are they are they following what God desires? And if so, then I need to be okay with that. And I'm not going to get everything that I want. Right. Yeah, we just have to know that. It's a yeah. big group of people. And you right. can't, and a big group of people can't have everything the way they want. What I found nor should too, they, nor should right. they. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that includes even us pastors. Yes. No, we don't get everything that we want. And and if pastors are leading a church in such a way as to just do their preferences and desires, uh, that's that's bad leadership. Right. That's just bad. And so the next is uh, to pray for your church leaders because that is a temptation. There's temptations all over the place. Um, but it's not just temptation. It's like. You know, this is hard. You know, uh, this is really hard to to lead and to uh, lead out in all of these ways. And uh, and we need support. You know, like I think often of Moses uh, in the story where he was commanded to hold his hands up. And as long as his hands were up, uh, the, the victory was given to them and their army. And eventually, two guys had to hold his arms up. He his couldn't, hold, tired, he couldn't yeah. hold his arms up anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we need – that's why we need godly men in our church because – just a couple, you know, a handful of guys can't do this. A handful of ladies can't do this. Mm-hmm. It got to be everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We also need to, lead, number five, we need to lead uh, our families to be healthy church members. Mm. That means we're, we're, le- we are men are leading out in this area. Uh, we're not letting our wives drag us to church. We're, yeah. not, we're not out at the golf course <laughs> on Sunday. You know, yeah. we, we've harped on this, but listen, men, we've got to lead out in this. Yep. We've got to lead out. Yeah, make it a priority. It doesn't mean you don't get things that you want sometimes. It just means you don't do that in lieu of 
the church. And so uh, you teach your family that. And then finally, you you treasure your church membership as a gift. Mm. You realize that being a part of the family of God is not something you should take lightly. It is a huge, huge deal to be a part of this group of people. And, you know, there could be reasons, and there's there's other things people have written about why you might need to change churches and stuff like that. Uh, so we're not saying you never change churches. Mm-hmm. We're just saying when you're in a, a good, God-glorifying church, oh, man, just, just really savor that. Yeah. Savor that. Yes. Well, and that's what's interesting is, you know, when you're in a church like that, you don't, you may not have experienced something uh, in another church where it's not like that. Right. And so it's kind of one of those things you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. That's true. And so talk to your, you know, if, if you have friends or relatives and they have bad church experiences, you know, be thankful that, that God has led you to a, a really strong, healthy church, yeah. you know, and try to encourage them even in, even in a um, bad situation, yeah. you can encourage them to do the right thing in that too. That's right. You know, we talk, so, so these are some of like just the basic things that, that men need to do to be godly churchmen. We need more of this. But as we go deeper, you know, we touched on serving a little right. bit. The Bible uh, encourages every believer especially men, to find out where God has called them to serve. Right. What is your spiritual giftedness? Where what what is God giving you a heart and a desire for? And then you need to fulfill that within God's kingdom. Every everything that we do as men really comes down to this because the biblical understanding for leadership, a lot of people talk about, you know, male leadership and things like that, which we would affirm biblically, male leadership. But we have to understand what that actually means is Service, you know, like leading equals serving. Yeah. And so we are called to serve as men because we're called to lead. And if we're called to lead, we're called to serve. And we need to look to the one who, like, why? Why is that true? Well, it's because that is who our Savior is. Yes. You know, and so we see this number one quality that's required for service. we think it's humility, right? Right. In this area, Jesus was many things. Uh, you know, we think about all of the the things he was, but in the area of serving, the, the the thing that sticks out to me the most was his humility. Yeah. And so he calls us to be humble. Yeah. And in fact, Paul says in Philippians chapter two that we're called to be humble, to emulate Jesus in this way. Look to Jesus and and let that humility ring out in your life. He he like paints he tells us why like he shows us how Jesus was so humble by being being the creator of the universe and then taking on human flesh and then suffering, not just suffering a little bit like, oh, no, he didn't get his frappe, but like, oh, no, he's dying on a cross for our sins. You know, like he suffered. And that was not just because it was fun. He did it because he loved us and wanted to serve us. And he leads us by loving us and and sacrificing for us. And so that's the definition of humility and yeah. service. Yeah. So how do we how do we live this out? You know, I think it's it's living out the gospel. Yeah. And it's seeking to love other people. And the way we do that is that there are many things that we can do, but it's it's putting other people first. Yeah. It's it's carrying people's burden. It's bearing with one another through the the good and bad. It's confessing sin to one another. It's it's helping, encouraging. It's all those pr- practical kind of things that that God says, and humility is fueled 
by love. Yes, and, and the love comes from the gospel. Because because here's the thing, we can't do what Jesus did. He's not just our example, now do like him, be better. It's right. he's our example in the one who accomplished it for us. We get the Holy Spirit and we are empowered to love the way Jesus loved. And the way we do this is by, like you said, putting other people first. It's it's We are the body now. And so the body takes care of the body. Right. We take care of one another because it matters to us personally. Yeah, one really great example of this is found in John 13 where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so interesting. The disciples had been with Jesus for for a long time by this point, and yet they still were were prideful men. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be the servant and wash the feet of anyone else. Yeah. Because that was the servant's job. When you came in, took off your sandals, your feet were dirty and dusty, and it was the it was the practice. Was to, like, I'm not the servant, you to know. Wash like, the feet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jesus says, Hey, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So he washes everyone's feet, and then he says, be like me and do this. Yeah. And and he's basically saying, serve one another. Yeah. Don't be so proud. Not in, he doesn't say this exactly, but it's not in so many words. But this is this is felt throughout scripture. But he's right. don't be so proud that you can't wash someone else's feet, that you can't do the things that um, honor me and bring glory to my name in humility and love. Yeah, and that's you know loving other people is sounds great on paper, but the the problem is it requires something that we find hard. Right. And that is this idea of having to die to self. This has nothing to do with position or power. You know, I was talking to a a Korean war vet, one of our members Mm, at our church, and he was in the Marine brass band. And he remembers that Dwight Eisenhower, I believe it was Eisenhower had flown in to their military base to meet with the, the forward commanding Mm. general, whatever. And and they were playing, they had to play, and it was freezing weather, and it was terrible conditions, and they had to play for him. (laughs) Well, as he was going back up to the plane, he stopped at the top of the stairs and turned and listened to their entire song in the freezing cold. He didn't have to do that. He could have gotten in the warm plane and flew away. He had every right to do that. Right. But he was the leader of the free world at this time, and he took time. And that, that veteran... Yeah. Was so touched by that he will mm. he'll never forget that and he's always been an Eisenhower fan because of that moment right there that shows love and humility for those people that are under your command. That's awesome. that's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly right, and and it's by recognizing that we are not first. You know, like right. we are not the number one most important people. It's not our story and everyone else is a character. It's God's story. Oh, man. Ooh. And we are a character, Preach. right? You know, like it. that's that's the thing. And, I'm going to uh, wave my hanky and say, <laughs> Preach! Preach on, Preach, brother! Preach on! <laughs> but that's what it means to follow Jesus. And I'm not making this up. Jesus tells us this in Luke 9. He says it. So Jesus says we have to take up our cross and follow him. That means we... It doesn't mean uh, that we just... You you know, again, we don't get our frappe like, oh, it's my cross to bear. You know, like that's not what we're <laughs> I talking love that about. example. Yes. It's like, oh, I got stuck by a train. I really had to cr- carry my cross, my today. cross today. Like, no, what it means is denying what you want. Right. What you feel, what you think and sometimes what you need for the sake of loving the Lord and loving your neighbor. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you never get to take care of yourself. Yeah. It just means that you don't make yourself the priority in everything. Mm. And so we cannot be humble if we are the priority. We cannot be humble if other people are never the priority. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's we just see that in Jesus, who had every right to, to, to say. I mean, he is the priority. Mm-hmm. He is the greatest thing there is. 
but he just doesn't act like it. Right. And that's my favorite thing. What are, do you have any well, real life examples? Well, I just want to piggyback on that. You know, we often talk about like self care or take care of yourself mm. first and mm-hmm. things like that. That's not Jesus's analogy. Yeah. Jesus is saying, put others first. And here's the thing. It's not to make an idol of other people. We don't want to, we don't want to go there, but Jesus will sustain our self-care if we're putting God first and we're seeking to to love others. Yeah. So we don't have to necessarily worry about self-care because Jesus will sustain us. Right. Do you believe that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the point. It just goes back to if the gospel writes the law on our hearts. Mm. The law is summed up by the two great commandments. The first, this is important, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. It doesn't mean, I heard a a sermon preached on this, it doesn't mean you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. It just means you don't put yourself first. Right. Like, of course we love ourselves. God loves us. And so we don't say, no, God, I'm not lovely. Like, no, we say, yes, thank you, God, for loving me. I can't believe you love me. Now, how do I love people right. more than I love myself? Well, an easy you know? example of this would be, you know, we always are going to feed ourselves. If we yes. have the ability to have food, we're going to, you know, you go yes. hungry. You're like, I'm hungry. I'm going to feed myself. Right. Well, so then mm, that, in that, yeah. in that way, if there's neighbors around us that are hungry, if there's people around us, we need to feed them. Yes. And you think about your kids, like guys, how many, I love seeing, there's some memes where it's like, there was one meme where it was a, it was a sandwich and it had the two heels from the, oh, from yeah. the loaf of bread. And it was this like, a dad some sandwich. people will never know the sacrifices we make. And I was like, it's so true. Cause like, I'm still going to eat a sandwich, but yeah, no, my kids Dads are gonna always get, get the heels. Yeah. They always get the heels. We're, we're going to make sure the people we love get what they need first right. and that's what we need to do with all the people around us because they said who is your neighbor that's right uh, uh yeah everyone really and so so well, this is important let's move on to the next section here we yes. talk about aspiring for more i think that we need to challenge men to aspire to more yeah if we get you know as we get the basics of our faith kind of kind of going and, mm-hmm. and as we we understand that you know we're doing behold belong, become, go beyond, you know, we're, we're, we're living we're, those things out. We're starting to serve. Yeah. The, there's an idea in the Bible that we need to aspire for, for greater, um, uh, not positions, not the right word, but, yeah. but, but a greater like, um, way to serve the Lord. Well, and it's interesting, you know, the Bible does give us this mandate to till the garden, right? To right. to to take care of his creation, to do and I love one of my favorite movies is Kingdom of Heaven and there's a line in that where he says, "What man is a man who does not take what he has and try to make it better?" Mm. And I think, you know, that's not from scripture, but I think there is something in that that tells us like let's take what God's given to us. I mean, God tells us that Jesus in the parable of the talents you know, it's like, take what you've been given right. and invest it. Yeah. And as you grow, you're going to understand that everybody has a calling on their life. Sometimes the calling is to serve as you've been serving. It's right. to serve in a, in a maybe it could be a very practical way that's behind the scenes that no there's one, some guys that no one ever yeah. sees. There's some that guys at our church. as much glory and honor to God. Yep. As does the preacher on Sunday morning. There's some guys that are like always making sure that the chairs are set up and taken down. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of a couple guys in particular who, who if mm-hmm. there's not enough people there, they're doing it. And right. I am so thankful for those guys, right. you know. And so, but but you know but they do s- even more than that. Right. Exactly. But there's some specific positions that are called out in the in the in the scriptures. You know, yes. we talk about teacher. 
You know, there's the role of a Bible teacher, someone who is teaching others specifically the Word of God right. and helping people to grow in their faith. And yeah. I think we need more. We need more men to step up. And they may say, well, well, I'm no teacher. But listen, I will tell you, much of teaching can be learned. Right. If you're willing and your heart is, um, is open to what God's doing and He's calling you to do this, He will equip you through training and through pastoral leadership yeah. to be a teacher. Listen, if if the military can take guys and take them from these, you know, guys who've never held a firearm before and turn them into marine snipers, then God can equip you. God of all people can equip you to do this stuff right. if if he's calling you to do it. Sure. Don't sell yourself short. Don't sell God short, mm -hmm. you know? Right. In the same vein, we talk about counselors, biblical counselors. Yes. We need more biblical counselors. We need counselors. more guys who are counseling people. We need deacons, you know? And that's deacons, kind of you know? teaching or discipling. Biblical counseling is kind of teaching or discipling on, on a really small scale. Right. Or, or more of an intimate type scale. Yes, yes. And you need training for that as well. But you're right. We also need deacons. And yes. deacons are just... Uh, those people that are leading out in service. Yeah. Deacons were those those men that were called to serve the the widows in the Bible that um the, that was taking the the time. The apostles were not able to to teach and pray and lead the church yeah. as they could. Right. They needed these men to step up and lead out in serving. And that's yeah. what deacons are today. Yeah. Yeah. Our deacons are all, I mean our deacons are oh, doing yeah. some awesome stuff. They're constantly reaching out to people who are having, especially in this season of life, we find ourselves. So, man, it's really cool to see that. So, if you have an interest in that, you yeah. need to you need to talk to your church leadership. Talk to That's us right. about that. Um, maybe maybe this thing called lay eldership. We have this understanding of of eldership, um, and then lay eldership. Yeah, this comes out more of a modern thinking because we have uh, pastors that are that are full time right. paid pastors. These are these are guys who have a calling on their life. To be elders, uh, but they're not—they're not being compensated for it. They live their life and do their things, but right. they assist the church. They assist the pastors in a higher level of leadership, and um, you know these are. This is a calling. This is that yes. somebody feels a calling on their heart in life to step up and be. Um, this type of leader. Yeah. It, there are some very, you know, you can read the qualifications in the Bible mm -hmm. for both deacon and elder. And yeah, these, first are, Timothy these, three. Are, these mm -hmm. are callings in people's lives to a, a, a higher yeah. level. They're callings and their desires. And that goes together. You know, God, God calls you and puts the desire there. And, and the Bible says that's a good desire. Right. This is invaluable. So. Right. And, and that goes right along with pastor. Right. Uh, yes. You know, there's a calling for pastors and we need more pastors. We yes, need more we do. good godly men that will step up, be trained, uh, and, and fulfill the call of leading churches and leading Christians. You That's know? right. That's right. So there's other things like missionaries. Mm -hmm. There are people, the Bible does have a category for people who are specifically sent out. We all want to live missionally, but then there's these people that we send away to other contexts around the world, uh, even in our own country, but like they're not at home anymore right. and they're there specifically to spread the gospel, right? To spread the gospel, to start new churches, and to see this is what we see Paul doing throughout the the New Testament. Really, yeah. most of his letters are to churches that he was a missionary who started. <laughs> yeah, I, I would really challenge guys to um, examine their lives. Where are they? Where are they at in their um, spiritual lives? In the area of of serving in the church, of of going to church, of all these things, and seek to 
to level up, you know, yeah. get to the next level, wherever you need to go. So if you're not attending church regularly, make that your priority. Right. If you're not in a small group, make that your next priority, you yep. know, and just kind of go through those steps to really find a place to serve. D don't do, don't bite off all this at once, right, right, right. but take these steps and see what God does in your life and how he begins to use you. Your, your life will be much more fulfilling and, um, bring more glory to God. And that should be our highest goal. Yep. That's, and that's, what's cool about this is every guy that you look up to men, you know, I'm talking specifically to men right now, every man that you look up to and say, man, that guy was awesome. That guy was an ordinary, regular guy. I right. love the phrase. Everyone puts their pants on the same way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes I try to imagine like, do they really like, yes, everyone puts their pants. You don't jump into your pants. Everyone puts their Maybe pants you on. Don't. Well, we'll see. Yeah, crossfit into your pants. No, everyone puts their pants on the same way. Everyone is a normal dude. The difference is, right. are you following God into your calling? Yeah. Are you following God to where he wants to lead you? Because God can lead you to crazy places that you never thought you could go to by yourself. Yeah, I like to think, you know, most men, I'm not saying every man, but most men love a challenge. This is why we, you know, they ask, why do you want to climb that mountain? Yeah. Because it's there. Because it's there. Yeah, exactly. It's something to be done. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> and so I would love to challenge men and say, um, how can I bring more glory to God? How yeah, can I set right. my life in a place that is going to sell everything out yeah. just so I can serve God and have this this well-lived life. You know, just this week, Bobby Bowden passed away. He's a personal hero of mine, great mm. coach, longtime coach, um, but he influenced so many young men. He was coaching on the field. Number one, he was a great coach, yeah. but then also he would take his players to church. Mm. He would do Bible studies with them. He I, There's countless men. He loved his wife with a with a, fer, a ferocity that, mm. that I hope to love my, my, my wife with. And he just lived his life in a way that had great influence for the kingdom. And so yeah. as you look at him, you say, well, what a great man. But he would say, no, I'm serving the Lord. Yeah. I'm doing the work that God has called me to do. Yeah, That's my prayer for my life and for every man out there is to be someone who, when you pass away, you have yes. a great influence for Jesus in your life. Right, man, that is that is so good, Brian. And so, you know, as we bring this to a close, as we conclude this, we really need to just finish by encouraging guys. This might seem a little overwhelming, but guys, please don't be overwhelmed. Start. Here's how you start. Here's the first step. Pray. Just pray. If you hear hear all these things and you're like, you know, you're evaluating yourself and thinking through things, don't freak out. Don't get down on yourself. Um, don't think arrogantly about yourself. Just pray. Mm -hmm. Just go to the Lord and know that you you cannot do this. None of us can do this without the power of God in our lives. And so if we want to be powerful men, we've got to be praying men. Yeah. And I think that if we will just pray. I, I thought that uh, as we were preparing this and I thought man, I need to be praying. Mm -hmm. I need to be praying. Right. And so let us be praying men and let's let God yeah. do some awesome stuff That's in right. our lives. And, and take the pressure off. You can't do this in your own power. Yeah. This only ha We can only be the men of God that God that we're called to be when we submit fully to Jesus Christ. That's right. The gospel comes alive in our lives and God does all of this yes. transformation in our heart. That's right. So I'm not saying challenging you to do all of this, right. make all this happen. I'm saying submit to the Lord 
and see what he does in your yeah, life. That's awesome. Well, guys, uh, thank you. Ladies, if you've been tracking with us this whole time, thank you so much for sticking with us. We hope that this has been helpful for everyone, men. We hope that this has been good for you. Definitely be uh, paying attention and looking out for some of the new stuff, new things that we're going to be doing, and we've got some other series uh, in the works as well. So we appreciate you listening, and we will we'll see, see you next time. time. As the lawnmower goes by. <laughs>